Hello and welcome to another episode of Beer Books Podcast with me, Daisy Ray. And me, April Berry. And we are quite late with this episode because our April has been a little bit under the weather. On Death's Dorset, probably she'll have you believe because, you know, she's a bit like, you know, like when men get flu and they're about to die. But when a woman gets flu, she carries on as normal. Well, April's very masculine in that way, funnily enough. Are you feeling better, love? Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better. Thank you very much. I, I felt really poorly. I know you did. And it wasn't man flu, but I felt sick more than anything else. Ew, lovely. No, it wasn't really. No. I'm dizzy, so I'm not overly sure whether that wasn't my ear or not. So it might all have been connected, you know, the sinus glands and the top of your head where you get yeah. all blocked up and then it set off me, me ear. So. But you're feeling better now, are you? I'm feeling a lot better now. Thank you very much. And raring to go to uh, review this book. Good. Glad to hear it. Well, let's start you off then with what the book is, who it was written by. And we'll also give you the synopsis off the back of the book and give you a little bit of an intro so you know what it is we're talking about today. Okay. Well, the book that we've reviewed is called Spinning Tales by an author called Bray Willows. And over to you, Daisy, for the blurb from the jacket. Um, So the blurb goes a little bit like this. Maggie McShay wants a little magic in her life, something more than the drab existence of going to work and coming home to a cat that barely tolerates her. When she spontaneously replies to a want ad, asking for someone to take care of a fairy tale cottage, It turns out magic wasn't as far away as she thought. Maggie discovers she wasn't who she thought she was either. Recalcitrant fairy tale shepherd and ladies woman Cody Wilk shows Maggie a world she knew nothing about. A world they need to save before the villains of the world's fairy tales take over New York City. It's up to Maggie, her grumpy shape-shifting cat, a dwarf hell-bent on finding romance, and Cody to set the fairy tale world to rights. The big bad wolf has nothing on Maggie McShay. It is funny, you know, because whilst I was reading this and sort of looking at the fairy tale world taking over New York City, my mind started to wander back to the sort of 70s and 80s when New York was rife with crime and riddled and it weren't safe, etc., yeah. And it kind of made me think a little bit about that. And you you do wonder, don't you, if, and this is going to sound really weird, that it was fairies that were doing all that? Yeah, yeah. I will give you that one. It does sound like it's going to be quite a dark tale, though, doesn't it, when you read the blurb? It does a bit, yes. And we both had differing thoughts about this book, didn't we? We did. Why don't we start off with your review and let's take it from there. Right, yes, okay. When I read the prologue of the book, I thought, what the hell has Daisy asked me to read? I mean, they were killing children in the first page. It was like bizarre. Anyway, I persevered. I loved the cast of characters, Maggie, the central character, uh, the cat, Bleck. Bleck, I think that's how you pronounce it. Apologies to Bray if you don't who incidentally isn't a cat, but all is revealed as you go through the book. In essence, Maggie answers the ad to be the caretaker of a cottage, 
I'm not giving anything away, obviously, as this is all on the jacket of the book. She duly takes up the position, and for me, that's when the book got weird. Not far into the book, you realise that Maggie isn't technically a human, and nobody else is who they appear to be either. It's bizarre. The book is well written. Bray uses straightforward language. Some of the sentences are a bit long, and then there's others that's really short. So there was a little bit of a lack of consistency in the writing. But that absolutely doesn't take anything away from the imagination of the author, which was brilliant. However, there are parts of it that remind me of Harry Potter. But I suppose that Harry Potter is a tried and tested method. So why not, you know, give people what they want? Now, out of all the characters, my favourite character was Brenda. She's possibly, I think, the most pragmatic of them all. And there are parts of Brenda that you think could be a bit real, though not all of them. And I know that it's a fairy tale, so nothing is realistic. The story itself was a little bit too smooth and everything worked out perfectly. And there weren't really any problems. There was no tumultuous crescendo where you were on the edge of your seat biting your nails. That's what I mean by that. And I'm also going to have to read the book again, as there are so many characters in it that I got confused, which was a little bit of a negative for me. I started to make notes in the margins of the book to jog my memory. But looking back at them now, they make no sense either. So we've got people like Pucker, who shows in equine form when threatened, but actually is Avery. You can wash in blue water, but not in yellow. Am I water clear? Thank you very much. How much of a trollop is Cody? Cody's 200 and some year old. I can't remember the exact figure. I'm sure Daisy will actually tell me. And I, for one, wouldn't want to be Maggie's shoes, who appears to be a 20-something person who's lusting after somebody that's 200 nod. So again, it's a bit unrealistic. Those were some of the comments that I actually made about the book. Like I say, the story was a bit far-fetched for me, so I did lose interest in it, and I found it a little bit simplistic as well, and felt that it was better suited to a, a late teen, young adult audience. Apart from the sex and the lust that was in there, which I hasten to add, I felt was in there just to fill up a few pages. I'm not great a great lover of sex scenes in a book. I don't think it adds anything to a story. It's nice to have a bit of titillation, but, you know, leave it out. Having said that, that was possibly the only bit of the book that was realistic. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Um, anybody that likes that sort of a genre, have a go, pick it up, have a read of it. Because at the end of the day, the author writes a good book. It just didn't appeal to me. I agree with quite a lot of what you said there. Not everything. I know like Cody is 200 and something years old and Maggie is a human in human years. But the reason I didn't really have a lot of a problem with that is I'm a massive Doctor Who fan. And the Doctor is like 900 and something years old. And Rose Tyler had the biggest crush in the world on the Doctor to the point where they ended up making like a spin-off type thing where Rose went off to live in another world with a version of the Doctor to live happily ever after. And, you know, these things happen. I'm not sure that I've a great deal in common because of the generational thing, but as they came from completely different worlds anyway, that completely negates that, I think. That's a really good explanation of something that is completely... Made up. <laughs> yeah, made up and unrealistic. Lightening it to the Doctor. And any chance of having a bit of a witter about the Doctor is always a bonus in my book. 
I am not a Whovian, as you most probably have gathered. Yeah, I am a little bit of one. I'm not really a science fiction-y sort of fantasy-type person. I prefer blood, guts, murder, body parts, that kind of thing. Oh, tailspinners are human, aren't they? Am I getting confused or are you getting confused? I'm most Well, I don't know. I'm most probably getting confused. I've got no idea. I did like the fact that they had all the sectors in fairy tale world. Well, and, and they had like the humans and the fairy tale characters and Cody lived in one sector and Brenda came from another sector. And the fact that wherever they wanted to go and visit inside fairy tale world, they just thought of that when they opened the back door of the cottage and they were there. So the, they took the cottage with them to wherever they wanted to visit. Do you what I mean about not being realistic? Don't know what you mean. I'd love to be able to open the back door and go, oh, look, I want to be in New York. Or, oh, look, I want to be in Rio de Janeiro. I'd love it. Yeah. I've watched and read all of the Harry Potter books. and Yuck. See, there I'm not a fan. No, it's it's funny, isn't it? You see, I, I was and as and am a Harry Potter fan. Mm. I suppose I'm going to contradict myself here completely and utterly. I am a fan of the uh, the Fantastic Beasts and whatever they're called, Magical Miss. Oh, now, them I do like. I will agree with you there. There you go, you see. So, anyway, what did you think of the book? Okay. Well, I thought Spinning Tales was a well-written book. Bray writes with no pretentious language, which is always a breath of fresh air, a bit of a bonus. It makes it an easier read. Willow's world-building and imagination is to be admired. I really liked that the fairy tale characters were recognisable. It gave the whole story an extra level of comfort to go with the adventure. The Wanted Ads are a quirky touch. I do like those. They worked really, really well for me. There were a little bit of excitement at the beginning of the chapters. The story is cute, which I'm not sure was the aim. I say cute because of the lack of dramatic climax. Aside from a stabbing, there was never really any threat to Maggie's life or any of our four main characters. She mastered her powers and overwhelmed the worst of the bad guys in mere seconds. There was no fight to the death. There was no drama. The story did build up nicely and I was kind of hooked, but not a lot went wrong. I was never worried for our four heroes. So if I was never worried, are they heroes? Anyway, I've heard of cosy crime fiction. But this was a first for cosy fantasy, if that's even a thing. I would read the author again, as the writing was easy and flowed well. But I would like a bit more fantasy and slightly less of the girls in lust on what felt like every other page next time. It did get in the way of the story just a little. I do like the way that Bray Willows writes Maggie and Cody's attraction to each other. It was slow, so the book wasn't full of gratuitous sex. Had the lust not been rammed in quite so often, I would have said it was beautifully written. Spinning Tales is an LGBTQ plus fantasy romance, and it's got all kinds of fairy tale creatures and shape-shifting cat and brilliant ways of grabbing our attention. I think I would probably recommend a good read. Mm, we've, we've both got completely differing sort of thoughts about this book. Don't get me wrong, and, and I don't want, you know, the author to think that I would never read anything else. Because like you say, 
the way that she writes is really good. She's got some good sentence structure. She's she uses some some good language. There's there's no waste of words for want of a better way of trying to explain it. So I completely and utterly agree with you there, Daisy. I mean, you were saying about sort of, you know, apart from a stabbing the, the four heroes. I mean, the biggest accident that happened was when Maggie fell out of bed and hurt her shoulder. Yeah, when she fell over the bed sheets on the way to the door, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do agree with you, April, that I think the demographic for this book is young adults because of the way it's written. I think it's quite, um, I'm not going to say simplistic, easy. It's an e- I think you said it was like an easy read, and I yeah. agree with that. But I, And I do think it is aimed at a younger audience than ourselves. But that said, I actually enjoyed the book. Yeah, the the plot of the book and and what happens and and the way that that you know that that the the old imagination thing has said the 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 that's all, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. If it hadn't have been fairy tale type stuff, I most probably would have liked it. So I am going to pick something else up of Bray Willows and have a read. But it was the subject matter that didn't really appeal to me, um, possibly because it's not gritty enough. Yeah. So for me, it either has to be completely steeped in realism or there's just got to be a pile of bodies somewhere. I'm talking about it from a personal perspective. Well, that's all we can do, isn't it? That's what we're here for. We read indie authors and... We give our opinions on what we've read. Yeah. I mean, I want one of those paintbrushes. Because can you imagine just like, you know, painting somebody's head out and that's it, they're gone. I think you'd be a dangerous person to give that paintbrush to. I tell you what is a bit strange, though. The possibility of setting your house on fire when you get a bit amorous with all those blue sparks. (laughs) There was a little bit of it that I was like, this is bizarre. You're just dragging this woman off. So I just kind of want to read a bit that I found a little bit. Well, it, it was all too simplistic. There was no argument. You'll see why when I read it. Yeah. Give us a little bit of a reading and a taster then. So a little bit of a, of a uh, context to this reading. Um, Maggie's met Cody and Brenda and she's installed in the cottage. She knows all about Blake now. So she's just woken up. She's sat drinking some coffee. She's talking to Cody. Cody wants to make plans with us. Maggie goes off and um, gets a shower. So many questions. She tied her hair and pulled on her favourite bohemian silk skirt and tank top. Her wrist was still sore from where she'd landed on it, and the bruise was beginning to show. That would make carrying her duffel a pain, but she'd deal with it when she had to. When she emerged from the bathroom, all three of them were eating and chatting. Brenda looked up from her bowl of green something. Loved the skirt, very trendy. Maggie smiled and grabbed another piece of fruit. Thanks, you're looking pretty spiffy yourself. Are those actual leaves? Brenda got up and did a little twirl, sending the leaf skirt billowing. That's right, leaves from every type of tree in the forest near my home. I wish she'd left the eucalyptus one out. Seamus batted at the offending leaf. It smells like Valendian hogwaft. Maggie decided she didn't want to know what Valendian hogwaft was, especially over breakfast. She turned to Cody. 
So what's next? Cody sighed and put her spoon down. There are options, but I think you have to decide. I think we need more information. I want to understand which villains are here, where they're stationed, and how they're keeping people in fear. She motioned with a piece of pineapple before taking a bite. We need to decide where to go for that information, and then we have to decide what to do about it. In the meantime, we need to find someone to train Maggie, so that when we do figure out what to do about it, she'll be ready. That summed the book up for me in a bit of a nutshell. In what way? Why did you choose that bit? Because it, it's very sort of Maggie's just very accepting of anything and everything that's going to happen to her. And she didn't really ask any questions and she didn't ask why or what or how. She just does. Do you think she's more of a life happens to her rather than her going out and living her life? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think that's that's what I'm saying. Because when you think about it, so right at the very beginning of the book, she'd she were working in this office and she was in this flat and this cat had just turned up and she'd not bothered about it, even though it hated her. She was a sort of a life happened to her, not not she took life by the the horns. And if somebody was saying to me, we need to train you, to train me in what? Train you how to use that paintbrush. But she never asked questions. It was just like, yeah, right, okay, not a problem. I'll pack my bag, let's go. I think for me that kind of sums up the book a little bit because it was all too easy. But if it is aimed at young adults, maybe that's why. But then again, that's all a little bit convenient, don't you think? Yeah. If there's one criticism I have of this book, it's how convenient everything is. Maggie's at home, unhappy, wants a bit of magic in her life. Hey, presto, magic arrives. Yeah. And just like that, she's in a whole other world. She gets to move apartment. She gets to embrace magic. She gets to have lustful thoughts over Cody. She gets Seamus, which, if I'm honest, Seamus, I think, is based on Puss in Boots. Possibly. The movie. Because Puss in Boots is talking and walks on two feet some of the times and wears clothes and does stuff and and Seamus does humany things but it's still really in cat form yeah I worry in the morning when I come downstairs you know for me morning cuppa and I and I look at Clive and Marina them being my two cats <laughs> wouldn't it be for an interesting morning if they were sat there reading the paper and they both look up at you every morning going you're up late human <laughs> I think I'd ring in sick I love the fantasy aspect of this book. It's proper piqued my interest. <laughs> Could we be any more opposite? No, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't put it down. I read it in two sittings, I think, because it was just really good. I enjoyed it. And I know it was kind of a bit young for me, but and all a bit glib and convenient. But it was fun. I like a little bit of magic and I like fairy tales and I like being outside the norm for a couple of hours, you know. Don't your family call you very fairy anyway? Yeah, thanks. No, it's fine. <laughs> Shall we talk about what's happening next time? <laughs> One final thing, though, that I, I have to say that I, I endorse what you've said about this book. It's fun. It is fun. Come on, what have we got coming up then on the next episode? 
So our next episode is back to flash fiction. The writing prompt for it is unrepentant. Oh, I've already written mine. Oh, I know you have. (laughs) And we've had some interesting reads in as well. So thank you to everyone that's been writing in and sending their submissions through to our inbox. Love a good read. I love the fact that we get to read them all. I know our listeners only get to share the good ones, but hey, that's the perks of being the boss of our podcast, isn't it? They're all good ones. We don't we don't get any bad stories in. Everybody has got an amazing imagination. If we're brutally honest, we pick the ones that we like the best. Come on, let's be honest. What you like. But you say we never have any bad stories. That's such rubbish. Of course we have bad stories. We have brilliant ones. We have good ones. We have bad ones. Do not. We have all kinds of stories. Yeah. We have every single style of story you could think of over the time we've been doing the podcast. And it is amazing. I think I never want that to end. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm taking the Fifth Amendment on that. I don't want somebody to come round to the house and shoot me one night because I've said something bad about their story. They might write you into a story and kill you off that way. That's really the highlight of what you'd get. Yeah, I suppose it is really, isn't it? (laughs) So anyway, Unrepentant is the prompt for the next Flash Fiction episode. And it'll be out in a flash because we're late with this one. Oh, little Miss Chipper. So the next book that we're going to be reviewing, if anybody wants to read it ahead of time, it's The Misperception by Nicole Pyland. Yeah. Anyway, thanks ever so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Ta-ra. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Beer Books and Beer Books Pod 1 on social media. We'd love it if you could share the podcast with your friends. And thanks so much to everyone that's left us a review. If you're listening today and you haven't given us a review yet, please do. It helps other people discover us and their new favourite indie authors. We'll be back soon with more reviews and more flash fiction. See you next time. (laughs) 